Single Simulcast is about a lot of things. This podcast may make you laugh, cry, or pound your fists into your desk. If you hear something you like or something you don't, email us at singlesimulcast at gmail.com. One. Single. Simulcast. Single Simulcast, episode 350. We made it, motherfuckers. Who's the man now? Shout out to everybody who's got like 1,598 episodes and shit. We, we, we had episode 350, Baby Steps, niggas. We've been doing this for like nine, ten years. Baby Steps, that's 35 episodes a, uh, a season. Kevin Durant would be very proud. We're putting up Hall of Fame numbers right now. Um, a lot of people don't get past 10 episodes, 350 niggas. If I had $350 right now, if I had a dollar for every episode I had, it would all be gone in an hour because I swear I don't know where money goes. I swear to God. Like, get paid today, be broke today. Like, same day. It's not even be broke tomorrow. It's literally, can you pay my bills? Can you pay $12 for a burrito? Not joking. It was it, it was a good burrito, but it didn't taste like $12 good. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I am now in the hunt for a $6 burrito that tastes like an $18 burrito. And when I find that, I will let you know. Currently, I know of a $4.50 burrito that tastes like a $6 burrito. So I'm, I'm getting close. Like, I might just buy three of those and be happy. Um, Shantae's in the building. I'm still Rashani. And we're joined by the homeboy, Brandon, from the Say Something Nice podcast. Uh, Brandon, first and foremost, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. No worries. Tell the folks something about yourself and something about your show. The floor is yours. All right. So I'm Brandon. I am, I suppose, a post-production film and TV professional working for undisclosed corporations and undisclosed filmmakers. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) <laughs> I for some reason I don't know if it's past lives or just me just being just a strange person I love old movies old tv shows old music like, like how old are you talking I I have the complete Laurel and Hardy and Three Stooges collections in my home okay okay so see because some folks that I call <laughs> sinners they say old movies and they literally mean menace to society. <laughs> yeah. If it was made in color, I don't consider it old. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. I got scared there for a second. <laughs> I'm trying to think of that one old school movie. Ooh. And then, you know, cause they start snapping and clapping. So it's like, Ooh, Ooh, that, that one movie. Mm, what was it? And you're sitting there like, did it have Charlie Chaplin in it? <laughs> Charlie Temple? Like, like, was was uh, Cary Grant in it? No, nigga. Dorothy Dandridge? <laughs> Ghostbusters. So, remember that part where the marshmallow showed up? I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Get the fuck out. I know you're nine. I know you're nine. Get the fuck out. Ghostbusters. Oh. But how'd you get started kids. watching uh, the, the super old school movies? How'd that get, uh, how'd that become a love? 
I mean, blame American movie classics once when it actually used to be American movie classics before The Walking Dead and Breaking Bad and all of that. You know, flipping channels. Oh, this looks interesting. You just sit and watch next to you know. And also because I study to be an animator and studying to be an animator requires watching a whole lot of, of, you know, if you're American at least, a lot of Disney things. And you watch things that were made around the same time for context and, you know, most of Disney's best stuff like actual walter elias disney the person was made in the late 30s and early 40s so you end up watching a whole lot of that stuff by i guess osmosis yeah, yeah. so the say something nice podcast we what, we what we try to do there is to sort of kind of bridge the gap between the old and the new we discuss you know current things we also do historical episodes we you know do like store things about key artists, key directors, key performers, uh, key albums, and also, I guess, sometimes key record labels. We just did a two-part episode about Motown last month, because it's Motown 60 this year. It's the 60th anniversary of the founding of the Motown Record Corporation. Uh, I thought we would do a three-hour episode. It ended up being five, so I had to cut it in half. <laughs> um but yeah, we uh we have a good time. You know, we uh, we just did an episode last week where we discussed this is one thing I found that was interesting. So speaking of old movies, you notice that when black people and brown people appear in older films, at least in color older films, we don't always look our best. Mm. You know, there's been a lot of like coverage done about how you know, Ava DuVernay and her cinematographer, well, one of them, Bradford Young, and how, you know, Ryan Coogler and Rachel Morrison, his cinematographer on a lot of his films, how they've been trying to almost revolutionize how people of color are filmed. And the reason for that is because back when they invented, you know, regular Kodak and Eastman Color Color films, they really didn't give a shit about trying to make sure that browns and you know the skin tones of you know african people and you know indian people and all of like that actually properly replicated on film they they calibrated how a color film was produced and developed based upon white people white women in particular and that only changed because what we talked about in the episode it only changed because uh, the hershey corporation and furniture makers complained that their products cannot be properly shown in color photography. Yeah, I, th I thought I saw like either it was a documentary or it was just a clip and it was showing how they were, uh, like they basically showed the furniture that they were using to, yes. you know, to, uh, you know, pick the right color to be shown on film and everything. And it was just like, damn, like y'all gonna pick, y'all gonna, y'all gonna make sure this furniture look good. Right. Fuck these black people <laughs> or who, right. you know, or whoever, whoever's brown. You know, whoever's not, you know, eggshell or whatever. Yeah, just that that inherent racism. Just it's so bizarre sometimes. Racism is, but we talked about that. We have to, of course, um, this upcoming upcoming week. We got to review Joker, and I rolled my eyes as I said oh that a little God. bit. Oh my um, God! Oh I my was God. I was more okay mm. with this film before. Uh, Todd Phillips decided he just want he wouldn't shut his mouth. Mm -hmm. Literally, if I was running marketing at Warner Brothers, I would have had him take a, a, a 
14 day cruise that's spinning around in the ocean someplace while we tried to sell this damn movie. <laughs> so for those of y'all who don't know, Todd Phillips came out uh, prior to the Joker coming out to theaters, like being released. And he said that he doesn't make comedies anymore because of folks being so sensitive. Long story short, he he... he he basically said the reason why I'm making this drama is because y'all won't let me be funny no more. Um, so this isn't going to be funny at all. Um, cantric or cancel culture, blah, blah, blah. Woke culture, he also Woke blamed. culture, Woke. yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, my God. It made, he, he, go ahead, go ahead. The floor, yeah, y'all, y'all, he made me mad. The movie made me upset. And the other thing, what was the other thing that he said before that? It was about, um, I mean, of course, obviously, he had been saying for a long time, talking about how comic book movies, you know, aren't real movies and how, you know, we're going to make a real movie with Joker. You know, it's not going to have any of that comic book stuff to it or anything like that. And then when the interviewer, because, you know, when you're making a movie, they all come to the studio. We have a whole day to sit down and get interviewed like, you know, 20 times or something like that in one day. And one interviewer asked Todd Phillips about the controversy about the film being violent. He basically did, uh, John Wick is violent. Nobody say anything about John Wick. <laughs> he pulled one of those things, you know, and basically talking about how, uh, well, you know, we didn't make this film to push buttons. That's a lie. Every film is made to push buttons. Right. Like you're supposed, to, you're supposed to feel something. You know, right. That's the. I mean, I'm sure that's what a lot of filmmakers hope for, and the actors and whoever else is, you know, a part of it. You want your audience to feel something. You're not expecting them to sit there and watch the movie, you know, for an hour and a half, two hours, and then come out and then just be like, "Well, fuck it," you know, and just act like it did. You know, like those two hours just don't even matter. It's supposed to, you know, impact you some kind of way. Some do, some don't. But their intention, they're hoping that you're gonna enjoy it right they're not expecting you to hate it i just really thought that he wasn't returning to uh road trip and and the hangover trilogy because the hangover part two and part three fucking sucked um and i'm really struggling to remember anything on road trip i, I remember the part where the white kid who was from the new guy started mm -hmm. dancing uh, in the black fraternity. Yeah, um, that, that's the seemed, part I remember too. <laughs> it seemed extremely fat phobic to me. Um, yeah, because he hooked up with the with the with the black woman. The, yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, who yes. was actually drop dead gorgeous. I think she was a model. Now that I think about it, I think she was a model, and the way that they portrayed her was just she's fat. Let's all laugh at her. Um, Tom Green was in it, which also is just a red flag because of Tom Green. Uh, he got bit in the face by a snake. I'm really trying to remember this movie. And old school. I never I saw old, old school. school. I remember old school. That was the one where they went streaking in the quad. And he was the only one streaking. And I love you, Blue. Blue, you're my boy. Those are the two things I remember from old school. The Hangover 1, I saw. The Hangover 2 and 3, I don't want to ever see or remember again. Uh, so that means to basically, to quote Jay-Z, uh, that means 
three of them shits was due. One was in, the other was The Hangover. That's a one hot movie for every movie, or that's a one hot movie out of five average. That's 20%, bruh. I wouldn't let you make any more comedies. <laughs> well, see, for me, though, I, okay, so one, all of just about every last one of his movies are problematic in some way, shape, or form. I want to say that first. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I laughed at that shit. Some of the shit I do quote, you know, like, you know, like, you're my boy, Blue. Like, you're some of the stuff. Blue? Like some of the stuff is funny. Like like uh what is it? Uh Will Farrell talking about being Frank the Tank. Like <laughs> some of that shit and that's the thing. Some of that shit is funny. Some of it is funny. Now so a lot of it, no, it's not. But I don't understand I don't know. I guess I, I don't understand him saying like, oh, I can't do comedy anymore. It's just like, I don't know, dude, maybe you, I mean, I would think there's so many comedians who do things in the beginning, in the beginning of their careers or people who are comedic, who do either comedic movies or acting comedic movies and they start out one way and then they transition into other things. So I don't understand why he's so upset. It's just like, you can't stay in that teenager mind mindset with your your art you can't stay that way it's like yeah bill murray did stripes you know in the beginning and then he did like he did ghostbusters but then he did what about bob and then he did groundhog day and then he did you know it's just like his comedy kind of moves away Mm -hmm. you know he's not he's not the same dude that he was in caddyshack Mm -hmm. you know so i don't i don't i don't get his disdain his uh, eh. but maybe it's just him being a white dude who feels who feels some kind of way about some shit because i don't know make the movie if you want to make the movie make the movie i think there's people who would want to sit and watch it it's just that now people have the ability to to push back and say yo this is kind of fucked up i think that it's also interesting that he hasn't made a comedy since 2013. Right. Way before woke culture was an issue, he stopped making comedies. And when he steps up to the plate with this movie that is supposed to be something big for DC, what he chose to talk about were his comedies that he chose not to make anymore. You're absolutely right, Shantae. Like, he had carte blanche to make these movies. We have a right to not go watch them. Like the homies from uh, Forget That Yo Say, Freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom from consequence. You can put out whatever you want. We could just choose to not fuck with it. You know, but there's going to be people alt-right would have watched it in 2018. Uh, the Proud Boys would have watched it. All them white folks would have watched it. And everybody else would have been like, you're full of shit. This is shitty. And you would have made money off it. You just didn't want to do it. You just couldn't find a tagline. You just couldn't find a way in. And so you're taking this time out with this movie that has nothing to do with your comedies. This could honestly be a new, fresh look for you in a different direction. This could be opening Mm -hmm. up new doors for you because you can always go back to comedy. But you went out there and completely pissed on the floor with this whole... There were articles written about why comedies don't work anymore. I'll tell you why. Because all the fucking funny guys are like, fuck this shit, because I don't want to offend you. Good Boys was fucking hilarious. I yeah, saw like, that shit twice. I mean, 
comedies still work in movie theaters when they put them out. If they don't, they go to Netflix, but they're still people still watch them. Girls Trip in 2017 was, mm-hmm. you know, one of the biggest hits of the year. He's just, I think that this is like Michael Jordan finally getting his chance to talk about all of his enemies during his Hall of Fame. This isn't the right time for this. No. Todd, this ain't the right time for this shit. Maybe in April, not now. Right? Like, no. <laughs> And, and and the other thing, too, is like, okay, so I didn't realize Todd Phillips was doing the movie when the trailer dropped, and I thought the trailer made it seem like the movie was going to be fucking amazing. Like, I'm thinking, you know, it's Joaquin Phoenix, this is going to be interesting, look, it's um, Brian Tyree is in it, Zazzy, uh, Zazzy Beats. Jazzy Beats is in Robert it. Robert De Niro. Like, Robert mm-hmm. De Niro is just like, okay, this is going to be you know, this is probably going to be sad and fucked up because he's clearly getting, you know, assaulted in the trailer and everything. And we're, you know, he's obviously going to be kind of a man backed into a corner kind of thing. And then he becomes the Joker. But it's still just like, oh my God, this might be really dope. And like you said, this could have been a moment for him to transition into something else to be, you know, he's not just Todd Phillips, guy who did road trip, guy who did old school. This is somebody who can do something else. Cause clearly the other people was like, oh sure, we'll fuck with it. We'll see if you can do this. And that's how you get that's how you get on to the next thing. And it's just like nobody wants me to do comedy anymore. It's like childish. Back then they were all up on me. Now I'm hot and no one wants me. When I'm when I tell you I would have done like a Looney Tunes cartoon, speaking of Warner Brothers, and put some of that with that alum, whatever they call it, in his drink and had that mouth shrink up and he don't talk no more. (laughs) 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 I mean, at the end of the day, though, it might all be for, he might be like, ah, anyway, because I, by by this time next week, this movie will have turned a profit already. Yep. Right. Because it's, it's doing. It's doing Oscar numbers. It's doing, yeah, it's doing big numbers, and it was relatively for a comic book movie, cheap to make. So, because there's, I mean, there's no special effects, it costs fifty million dollars to produce, mm-hmm. which you know is a third or less of what most of these films cost. So, can can I be honest, Shante? You ain't seen it yet, right? No. I'm gonna just be honest with you. It wasn't a good movie, and it wasn't a bad movie. That's the best thing I could say about it. It wasn't like a, while well, I'm watching this, Joaquin Phoenix is fucking incredible. But he's fucking incredible in everything. He's a method actor. All method actors are either fucking incredible or they're really bad at their jobs. <laughs> and he's incredible. But there's moments. And I'm not going to talk about it because the movie just came out yesterday and that's just not fair. I'm going to talk about it on the Why So Serious podcast, though, because all them niggas do is spoil movies. But I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> I had thoughts. And Todd Phillips saying this shit doesn't help out at all. Somewhere, (laughs) Keanu Reeves is like, I should call him and console him. (laughs) Keanu Reeves just seems like that type of nigga that would read like some some shade about himself and be like, I should call him and invite him to my yoga class. (laughs) One thing I did notice about AMC while you were talking about it way back is that one of the beautiful things about AMC was the fact that all the way up to like 2010, 2011, at any given moment, you could just stumble over an absolute movie that you never saw before and it turns out to be a classic. Mm-hmm. But at any other given moment, you could turn on the, um, 
you could turn on AMC and 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 find fucking imitation of life because oh yay hey they were showing that a lot. Listen, I saw my favorite. Which one, first of all? The one with color of black and white. The black and white one. Okay, see, the black and white one is a hard watch uh, because Louise Beavers is in there and they hadn't quite yet figured out how to write black people as human beings in 1934. Mm-hmm. And so she's in there and she's got some a bunch of lines that just great, but Freddie Washington is really good in it. The color version is funny because that is every black woman over 45's favorite movie in the entire world. It was my grandma's. Yeah, like it, like... My mom's, my auntie's, like, imitation of life. But then when you watch it now and sort of kind of knowing now what they were doing when they were making it, like, oh, uh, like the the stylization and, like, the uh, the symbolism and everything and that's hitting literally every shot in the movie is an entirely different film for me now. And I really enjoy watching it and quoting it and, you know, kind of, you know, ribbing it a little bit because it is – I mean, it was intended to be melodramatic and overwrought in places, and it definitely is, you know. Oh uh, yeah, you know. the drama was that. That was the that movie, the color version. Yes, was the thickest drama I had ever seen. In Susan, a movie. Co- yeah, Susan Connor. Like, listen, screw uh, Darth Vader, screw Thanos. Susan Connor as Sarah Jane Johnson is the greatest screen villain in the history of motion pictures. Fucking Sarah Jane. Because I'm white too. And if I have to be colored, then I want to die. I don't want to come through back doors <laughs> or feel lower than other people or apologize for my mother's color. She can't help her color. But I can. And I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that movie my grandma would sit like anytime that movie came on it was like getting stuck with like flipping the channels through and landing on jimmy swagger like we weren't allowed to change the channel didn't matter how far into the movie it was the movie would play and my granny my grandmother is one of the perfect purveyors of the the paper bag test. Mm. She's from uh, the state of Atlanta, um, <laughs> and she uh, lives in Brunswick, Atlanta, or lived in there, grew up there. Uh, paper bag test was what they did all the way up her her childhood years, her formative years. She literally pulled the paper bag out on my mama, um, and I swear that she empathize with Sarah swear Mm. to God Mm. and so we will watch that movie in silence if you came back in the house when that movie was on you weren't allowed to go back outside like you had to sit there and watch so we would try and look through the door like look through a crack in the door is she is she is it on no okay we can go in And then after the movie was over, she was very, very put out to find she was still black. 
Mm. And she never said it out loud. It just seemed that way. There were a lot more chores after that movie went off. We Did had she to not? A lot more Bible verses. <laughs> Did oh that last God. reel not register with her? Like, you know, spoiler alert for a movie that's, oh, Christ, it's 60th, 60th anniversary of Invitation of Life, 60 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sarah J running after the Hurts. Please let me through, but it's my mother. I'm sorry. And all of that. that it, <laughs> no. And then she gets into the um, Hurts and they ride off and the gigantic fanfare plays and all the black people sitting there take all their hats off across the entire back lot of Universal Studios. They ride through all the horses and everything. <laughs> no. Why would that register? No. No. It was just she's light-skinned and I'm light-skinned, so I still have a chance. Grandma, you're like 64. I still function, nigga. I still have a chance. And I was like, oh, okay, we're going to go outside now, can we? And we go run over to our friend's house and, and try to not come back too often. <laughs> um, but speaking of imitation of life, yeah, Brandon, Brandon uh, pitched that one to me earlier, and so I'm just knocking it out the park real quick. Uh, Stacy Dash. <laughs> Good old Stacy. Uh, you know, Stacy Dash, the white woman. No, no, nobody. Okay. Um, she's white. She's white. White. Like, white! like <laughs> on, her, on her arrest report, because Stacy Dash is also a domestic abuser. Mm hmm. Um, she was, they put down on her, the police put down on her arrest, uh, paperwork that, that she's white. And she's literally one of the most famous black women in yeah. the United States of America. Yeah, that's fucking sad. That is just, that is one of the sad, like really, really people, people. I realize Clueless meant a lot to a lot of people. And a lot of folks will never give She's All That the credit it deserves. But Stacey Dash should not still be one of the most. There should not be a world in which Stacey Dash is still more name noticeable than Kimberly Elise. There should not be a world where that works. And yet Stacey Dash is still just out here living her best whitewashed life, beating up her white husband, White Trump supporting. Husband. White Trump supporting, walking amongst the white people on Fox News, getting arrested, and even the cops are like, we're not sure. Can you turn to the left again? <laughs> okay, turn to the, you know, we're going to do, fuck it. We, we're still not sure about your ethnicity. Clap on beat. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, she's doing the twos and fours. Hey. I think, hey Johnson, I think she's colored, Bob. Well, thank you. Thank you, Johnson. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> go ahead and mark that down. She's black-ish. <laughs> but golly. Unfortunately, police computers don't have a Hispanic option. Uh, so they put her down as white because, you know. I mean, she's biracial though, right? Is she? I don't know. Hold on. <laughs> I, I mean, she's literal blood cousins to one of the most, you know. Um, Dame Dash. Yeah, Negro-ish Negroes to have ever Negroed. I gotta check this out now. Is Stacey Dash white? Is she actually a white woman? Let me go look, because, I mean, they're the same color, her and Naaman, so... I'm a Wikipedia this shit. Wikipedia never lies. 
<laughs> she apparently is African American and Mexican and Bayesian. So oh, okay. yeah, that doesn't equal white. I don't see how that peaked in there at all. I, I I'm, I'm not sure, you know. But okay. First cousin is still Dame Dash, so do the dance. Um, <laughs> and we're all just walking past the fact that she was marked as white on the arrest report, but she's literally violent against her her husband. And and that is, unfortunately, there's no joke about that. Um, and every time that I hear something new about Stacey Dash, the love that I had for her when she was in Clueless just vanishes i'm trying to think of something else she was in other than clueless like more seriously money. and i'm not talking of mo money <laughs> with damon wayans yeah the best things in life are free man it meant something what it means to me he tell it the best things in life are free nothing to tell you the best things in life are free do, do, do. break it down <laughs> I don't know why the 90s all had that same background drop. Burnham. Yep. Oh, I forgot. She's supposed to be in that Roe v. Wade movie where she's playing... Um, Roe? Uh, Wade? No, uh, Mildred <laughs> Jefferson. I, I think it was the, one of the ladies. She was like anti-abortion, but she's also, she is a black woman. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, she's... Yep. Of course she is. Still nice. alive, too, at age 83. Bless her heart. Yeah, no. You know, I saw that they're making a uh, Richard Jewell movie, like Clint Eastwood is directing it. And that made me kind of sad because, A, uh, if they're making a Richard Jewell movie, that means that I am officially old as shit. For those of y'all who don't know, Richard Jewell was the um, security guard who found the bomb at the Atlanta Olympics in 1996. Oh, wow. That was 23 years ago, people. Mm. And they're making a movie about it, um, about him being like prosecuted and persecuted and all that kind of stuff, and him saying, "I respect the law," while the law's trying to fuck him over. Mm-hmm. I won't be seeing that movie because a, I already know how it ends, and b, eh, not it's not really worth my time. But I thought it was interesting that they're now putting out movies about stuff that happened in the nineties. Uh, so I'm hoping that they finally put out a good movie about Tupac and Biggie. <laughs> because the last, <laughs> the last one they tried to come out with with Johnny Depp and it was not the move. <laughs> like, uh, who killed Tupac? Johnny Depp, I'll find out. Like, what the fuck? I forgot about that one. I was thinking about All Eyes on Me, which I saw in the theater and I regret yeah, it. still haven't seen it. Still haven't seen Notorious. The only thing I know about Notorious is that Little Kim is now on power. Yeah, Naturi not in from um 3LW question mark. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay. I didn't know that either. I learned something new every single time I step on this show. Um, I do want to say something real quick, real serious. Like I was um I got a text message from my aunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, two text messages. One from each. One one from my two favorite aunts. One each. And I have a lot of aunts. This isn't like I only got like three aunts and one is ass out. I got a lot of aunts in this family. So when I said they're my favorite, I put a lot of thought into this, like a whole nineteen years and shit. 
anyhow, the pictures came through. I'm looking at them, and it's me when I'm younger. Like, not a lot younger, but when I – yeah, I guess when I was a lot younger. Fuck, I'm old. It was when I was, like, 16, 15. And I was looking at those pictures, and I was really struck at how fucking fine I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was, I was, I was, I was, I'm literally just, I'm not even, I'm not even joking. Like, I was just like awestruck at how fucking wonderful I looked. And I'm just like, nobody told me. <laughs> nobody told me. Like, I was just walking around as a teenager just thinking I was going to be a goth kid with like just all morose and, and depressed and wearing the big Jinko pants and all that kind of shit. And I was a wonderful looking young man. And 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 I sit there and I wonder like how many times my own cause my family members told me they called me lipid because they said I had big ass lips. And I believed it. And I looked at those pictures and I was like, no the fuck I didn't. Limpet like Mr. Limpet the fish. No, lipid. Like oh, Andre Lippet. Lippet, the football okay. player for the New England Patriots. Like they just uh, called me Lippet because they were like, you got big ass lips. And I was like, eh, but I didn't. Um, also, I wonder how many kids nowadays never get, never believe when they're told that they're handsome or something of that nature. And so they just walk around living a life that isn't quite theirs because they believe that that's what they do. <laughs> and it made me kind of sit back for a second and wonder where my life would have been at if I knew I was the shit at the age of 16 and 15. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think about that sometimes. Like, what if I had actually swung for the fences because I thought I was cute? What if I had gone to the homecoming and nominated myself homecoming king? What if, like, all these things? I could have, I had the face of a point guard. I could have, I could have <laughs> been quarterback. <laughs> I could have been class president. I could have been prom queen. Like, <laughs> and and it just it disappointed me that I was so quick to believe folks when they said that I wasn't cute. And I think they said that because they weren't cute. But I'm not them, and I'm not looking at their pictures. I'm just saying, y'all need to go back and take a look at your uh, teenage year pictures. Because unless you had a huge outbreak of chicken pox or, or pimples or something, you probably looked a lot better than you thought you did. And if you're like me and it's like 19 years later, 20 years later, 23 years later, you're going to look at them now that you're damn near 40 and you're going to be like, God damn, I was amazing. Just because, you know, right now I, I, I'm a little bit short of like three bills and shit. Back then I was like, amazing. I'm like, yo, look at me. Even now I'm fucking dope. But back then I was really dope. And I didn't even know it. I could have been out there like just shit, <laughs> getting free food at the McDonald's. Like, hey, boo, hook it up. And they would have hooked it up for me. Because that's all you had to say back then. Just, hey, hook it up. And if you had the face, they would hook it up. That was the whole rule. They give you like a bag. I don't even know how those. Now that, now that I've actually had a job at a fast food joint, I don't know how they didn't get fired. Because we just end up with a bag with like, nine Big Macs in it and four large fries and apple pies. And now I watch them cooking it and I'm like, damn, we took everybody's food. Well, Somebody was late for work like a motherfucker. Like, I'm sorry, boss. I, I ordered my food. 
And I don't know what happened. Somebody came through the drive-thru and all of a sudden my food was gone. I had to wait another 30 minutes, boss. I don't even know. Oh, this is midday you're talking about? It was whenever we wanted. Okay. My, my brother literally had a code. And, and I know folks have heard me say it before, but he would pull up and be like, I want a supersized pepperoni pizza. And the ladies who worked behind the counter or worked at the drive-thru knew that that was time to rob the company. That was a code word right there. So this, this is like Atlanta season two um, opening. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real thing. Yeah. And I never, I never, I mean, I tried it with folks that I knew really well. Like the folks that I put into the, my phone is like Loretta Taco Bell. Like I didn't even know what her last name was, but I knew her well. I knew she worked at Taco Bell and I would do the hookup thing with her, but he would go to like six different places and just get hookups over and over again. In hindsight, we were robbing the shit out of those companies. Anyways. Yeah, I figured that you probably were able to pull it off because they probably didn't have, like now they probably have like a really meticulous kind of counting and everything. And probably back then they just didn't. So it was basically like, you just had to take an L. There was no way to, to know. That makes me feel better. But I was amazing. I was such an attractive young man. I could have been just whatever I wanted to be. Unlike candy corn, which no matter what people say, surveys show that it is the least favorite candy in America. Did not know this, but CandyStore.com put out a hybrid survey. Um, and according to them, amongst trick-or-treaters and Halloween fans alike, uh, the new survey confirms that it's among the least favorite Halloween candies in America. Niggas lying. <laughs> this is Martha Stewart, so white folks be lying too. Nobody's safe. Um, <laughs> I feel like can. I've never liked candy corn. I just never have. I every time I used to try it at Halloween, it would just be like it would be like eating asparagus back then for me. Just like. Eh, <laughs> That and those fake Reese's cups where the peanut butter and chocolate don't taste right. Oh man, I thought I was the only one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this this pack ain't hey, this pack don't say Reese's. It don't say nothing. And why why is it this color? Why is this why is this purple? Why is it chewy? <laughs> I'm laughing like the Joker. I can't even help it like he couldn't. I can't <laughs> wait to review that fucking movie. Um but yeah, I'm looking to find the actual serve. Oh, 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 never mind. I found that shit. Okie dokie. These are the worst Halloween candies updated for 2019. Emphasis on worst is important because people frankly get pretty heated about this, Shante. With Halloween just around the corner, Shante, the strong opinions come out in full force, Shante. It's been written about and voted on, but never to this level. Here are the worst Halloween candies and the best ones, too. Before we go any further, what do y'all think is the absolute worst candy other than candy corn? Which, by the way, I don't mind candy corn. For Halloween? For Halloween. Probably like Almond Joy or something or Mounds or something. York, I was probably yeah, Mounds, York Patties, or what are those chocolate, the chocolate with that's covered the malt balls? What are those things called? Whoppers. Yeah, those. Y'all don't, not not Smarties, huh? Did you say Smarties, Shantae? I did not. No, I didn't say Smarties. I feel like Smarties should be there, too, because Smarties fucking suck. 
I love Smarties. Yeah, I they, they are so chalky. Like if I, I had a choice Smarties. between Smarties and Sweet Tarts, I take Sweet Tarts. Oh, okay. If I had a choice between oh. Smarties and 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 what are they? Sprees. I take Sprees. I mean, those are no. I mean, I feel like those are no brainer choices. But I still fuck with Smarties. Like it's not that I fuck with Smarties over other candy. It's just that if I get Smarties, if I got Smarties in my Halloween bag, it was just like okay, cool, Smarties. Yeah, right. I, feel I fuck with it. Yeah, I mean, nobody gets mad that they're in the bag like you do when you see that fucking piece of apple in your bag or or or, or a fucking penny <laughs> <laughs> or a toothbrush <laughs> or floss. Um. So number ten, and again, this is in uh, descending order. So the number 10 worst candy uh, on Halloween. Any guesses? Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Mm, mounds. Let's go with Mounds. Okay. And Shante said Almond Joy at some point. And I just want to let y'all know that you're wrong. Almond Joy and Mounds, I hate them both because of the coconut aspect, but neither of them on the list. Okay. <laughs> like these are things that are just like the fuck. Okay. Uh, number 10 is Bit of Honey. Oh, oh, Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Re- listen, repressed memories. Like, like you know how you go through trauma as a child, you put it in the back of your mind and then something happens and you remember it? That's what just happened right now live on this podcast because I remember them damn honey. But disgusting, disgusting. Demons from hell. Yeah, that's pretty much what it says on this, on this uh, description. <laughs> it says... Uh, there's just something unappealing about this chewy mess. Uh, it was ranked number 11 last year. I'm moving to the top 10 spot this year, replacing Mary Jane's, which I don't even fucking know what Mary Jane's are. That's a Rick James song. <laughs> it sounds like a weed candy. Like, what? Is there? That's a real thing? Number nine. And these I fucking hate. I hate them so much. They've never appealed to me. They never made sense to me as anything other than a weapon. Number nine is good and plenty's. Okay. Well, I've never had those. I'm wondering if this candy list is like all the candy that like our parents and grandparents bought for penny candy, because that's what this sounds like. This sounds like shit that nobody gives away. Anyway. The candy lady be selling it. <laughs> yeah, Ain't nobody gonna is... say the full bar of uh, mounds was an issue. Oh shit! Good and plenty is that licorice candy. Yeah, the licorice candy with the yeah. hard cover. Yeah, yeah. Also a demon lic- from it was hell. Black licorice with candy coating on top of it, Shante. What the hell? See, this is something I'm telling you. This is some shit that our moms That's the devil. and our grandparents ate. Like, this is them, you know, like, they went out and they got a nickel for some shit and they thought they were balling out of control and went to the store, you know, and got, you know, and, and re-upped with that nickel. Like, that's... <laughs> no. There's no better metaphor for the raft and the terror of the devil than a licorice stick wrapped in candy coating because it's like oh this is gonna be good and tasty and then you bite into it death destruction terror horror etc so forth yeah you gotta remember that black licorice which racism (laughs) because why they make the black licorice taste like that and make the red licorice you know what number eight is licorice which I still don't know where the ish comes in on this because it's it's really liquor ice. 
you know English is just yeah weird with all that nonsense. So, somebody mentioned the fact that baloney and pony rhyme, but <laughs> <laughs> but on the page is like balachna. <laughs> it took me a long time. There was a place around the corner from my old uh, apartment when I was like five called Tony Baloney's, and I didn't know how to say balachna. And then when my dad finally told me how to say Bologna, I was, the fuck, nigga, I can spell. <laughs> no, it isn't. Like, I said, no, it isn't so much that I got in trouble. And he was like, just the quiet game. You're playing the quiet game now. Because I was like, it's B-A-L-O-G-N-A. Or B-O-L-A, whatever. How the hell is that baloney? It just is. Number seven is Smarties. <laughs> No, listen, oh, I feel like that needs to be, like, Smarties don't need to be that high up the list. I don't think they need to be on the list at all, period. But, damn it, they shouldn't be higher up on the worst list than licorice. Good and Plenty's. Or Good, good and Plenty's. Licorice, good and Plenty's are number nine on this list, bro. Like, Good and Plenty's are worse than, or no, they're not worse than Licorice or Smarties so far. So they're wrong, like, twice. They're wrong three times. Number six is fucking Tootsie Rolls. Wow. Oh, come now. Wow. <laughs> See, that's, you know what? It's hit or miss, man. It's hit or miss. Which Cotton is- candy, sweet as gold. I'm just Which saying. Is- there is literally magic in every Halloween packet when you open up the, 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 the Tootsie Rolls that they decided wanted to be Starburst. <laughs> so you got oh. the cherry tootsie rolls and the lemon tootsie rolls and the orange tootsie rolls the vanilla ones suck but <laughs> all these other ones are just greatness because nobody thinks about them because they're not starburst and so the parents can just fuck those things up but they're number six on the list tootsie rolls that's rough i wouldn't i wouldn't have expected tootsie rolls to be on there because let's say you maybe didn't get like you know, full-size candy bars, you didn't get, you know, whatever other favorite, you know, you didn't get the Reese's Cups, you didn't, you know, just those types of things. I feel like you could feel okay getting some yeah. rolls. I feel I like those are, those are like some, you know, like that's like consolation candy. Like if you got some Tootsie Rolls, it was cool. Like you, you made out okay if you got some Tootsie Rolls. And yeah, but I guess people don't fuck with it. It's a safe, agreeable, middle of the road candy right. for your bag. Yeah, I'm not mad if you. I'm not mad if my kids want to give me all of their tootsie rolls. I'm not. I'm not mad if you know my kids don't want to give me their tootsie rolls. That is literally middle of the line. Like if they're like, I'm not going to give you tootsie rolls, but you can have two Twixes instead. I'm okay with that. If they're like, I'm not going to give you two Twixes. Here's literally sixty five tootsie rolls. <laughs> I'm okay with that, too. We're all winners in my family. <laughs> Number five, Necco wafers. Sure. Agreed. I've never even had them. That's penny candy. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of the candies on this list seem like they've just been held over from, from, like, you know, like, slavery. I was just like, yeah. <laughs> like Jim Crow. Somebody's like, great great grandfather is talking about which candy that they didn't like. Like there's like an old dusty yellow serif poster out there someplace with like a drawing of a you know of a jigaboo on it advertising some of these things. <laughs> and red apple smokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these are all candies 
voted upon by Trump supporters. Like, I'm just going to say that. Like, between asking them about which person they were going to vote for, they were also like, well, thanks for telling us what you think about Donald Trump. Now we're going to ask you about Halloween candy. <laughs> is that okay with you? Number four, and this is how you know we're in a completely different era, wax Coke bottles. I, 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 I've never even seen them. Wax <laughs> Wax Coke bottles. Never saw them. Number three, though I have seen, and you talked about them earlier, Brandon, peanut butter kisses. The ones that are wrapped in the orange or black wrappers. Uh, I've never had a peanut butter kiss. Like these like these Hershey's, like they're Hershey's brand, right? No, these are just oh, oh, these are the, oh, these are the chewy things I was talking about. These okay. Are chewy fuckers. Yeah, yeah. Those those yeah, disgusting. Tastes like Literally, I felt like I was eating dog shit when I was eating those. I would hate them. <laughs> and mom would be like, did you eat all your Halloween candy? <laughs> no, mama, I didn't eat these. Eat it all so you don't go to waste. You know, they're starving people in China. You know, that kind of thing. You know, so <laughs> sit there and eat the, you know how when I mean, a child is trying to eat something they don't want to eat. <laughs> You're making faces and everything. Stop making them faces. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Number two is circus peanuts. Oh lord, yes, ew, yes. Because they're not any. even really circus peanuts. They don't taste shit like peanuts. It's like a chalky. Like oh. if you took a if, if you took a smarty, turned it into the shape of shape of a peanut. And took all the flavor out and put in uh, sawdust. Oh, that's what I they taste I, like. I think I I don't remember the taste of them. I mean, I'm sure I did try it, but I just remember what it looks like. It was just a mushy kind of gooey peanut, right? Like it was like the t- it wasn't hard. It was like soft. No, right? I, re- I remember it was hard, hard and chalky and pink for some reason. Not like a peanut, like a tan or anything. It was pink. Mm. Okay, then maybe I'm thinking of something else because what I remember was something in the shape of a peanut, but it was kind of soft, like not gumdrop soft, but just it was just it was a soft it was a soft type of candy. Mm. Y'all have fun with that. Number one, like I said, is candy corn. Okay, so the top ten best Halloween candies. They did the worst. I don't know what the divide is. Like if they did top 100 and so these are the top 10 and those were the bottom 100. But number 10 on the top 10 best Halloween candies is Hershey's. Just the plain old Hershey's bar. Mm. Solid. Classic. Number nine is Skittles. Mm. Fine. <laughs> that wasn't an enthusiastic uh, shot. I always love no, the off... Like- <laughs> yeah. I like the off-brand Skittle flavors. Like the tropical Skittles and everything like that, the regular red, orange, yellow, green, and purple Skittles, fine. Perfectly fine. Just don't make sure they don't melt in the car. Sure. (laughs) You know, I mean, Skittles being top 10, Skittles are like your, Skittles are the candy where it's just like, at least for me, it was just like, oh, this is awesome. Like the little fun pack. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, give me all the little fun packs of Skittles. Like, yes, this, this is what you need to give me. Don't give me none of that other shit. Give me the Skittles. This is mm-hmm. awesome. You know, we're like, where Tootsie Roll is just like, eh, you know, you live and you learn. You do what you got to do. Skittles, it's like, yes, this is great. So. Number expect- eight, which I don't support. I don't, I don't, I don't like this at all. 
not my president, not my number eight. Number eight is Sour Patch Kids. Mm-hmm. Fucking hate mm-hmm. Sour Patch Kids. That, I hate the I fact think... they get stuck in my teeth. I hate the fact that they're not sour. I hate the fact they get stuck in my teeth. Really, I hate the <laughs> fact they get stuck in my teeth. Like, that shit is irritating. Mm. Number seven is Butterfingers, which is another one to get stuck in your teeth. Nobody ever wants to talk about that shit. Yeah, they do. But they, like, block up. They go from that, that, that stick to just a brick in your teeth and just weld your teeth together. And they break apart into like a million pieces when you're trying to eat them and like get mess up on your clothes, you know. So you gotta mm-hmm. put get, put you like a a napkin down or something like that when you eat a butterfinger <laughs> or eat it outside. Number six is nerds. Yeah, I mean I like just, the ones that are like double up, like the the ones that were straw or uh, apple, and then they had cherry flavor underneath the apple flavor. You can mix them together. Yeah, I mean they're literally just basically like sugar and coloring and the best but, part about them in halloween is that they're nothing more than shots like you can literally just tip back an entire <laughs> oh box. my god those little boxes oh yes. yeah those little tiny boxes just like <laughs> you just you sitting at home with your husband or with your wife just tap the table and knock them back <laughs> we're playing spoons with nerds nigga yeah <laughs> Like, oh, man, like those definitely like, you know, because my kids don't really like my kids like Halloween and they'll get dressed up. But after a while being out there, they're just not motivated to just go to every single house and get like a a giant, you know, bag full of candy. So they get a little bit. But I go through that shit and I get the nerds out. Mm -hmm. I get those nerds out. uh, Mom wants the nerds. Can I have the nerds? And they're like, okay, sure. Like, Mm -hmm. awesome. (laughs) Knock them back. Just sitting in your bed watching TV, knocking back box of nerds. Like, there's things that I'm not allowed to have. One is grapes. Red grapes, green grapes, I don't care. If they're sweet enough, I will take the entire bag from the, from the grocery store to the car straight to my bed. They will sit right next to me in the bed, and I will eat them one by one until the whole bag is gone. I love grapes. Another one is nerds. You can't just eat half a box of nerds. I've never seen anybody eat half of, even when they had the sliding covers, I've never seen anybody eat a half a box of nerds. That doesn't work in my mind. Like, why? Like, who Because the- you don't like the grape. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I did that. No, because, like, no, it's funny, because especially today, because uh, it's Jarman's birthday. So he's, he's however old he is. Happy old birthday, ass. man. Happy old birthday. Ass. Old ass nigga, but uh, uh, I used to get nerds. Well, obviously we would both get a package of nerds. He would eat all of his, and I would get, you know, you it would be the double sided or whatever. And so it'd be grape and strawberry. I preferred the strawberry, so I would be the ones focused on eating the strawberry, but not really just downing them. And then his bitch ass would come into my room and then down all my strawberries. <laughs> I come back to my box, you know, sitting where I left it. And the bitch is empty on the side, you know, on the strawberry side and full on the grape side. And I'm so disappointed. So, happy birthday to that nigga, but fuck that. (laughs) I love the way that y'all interact. Y'all are the best, worst siblings ever. And I just know that he did it on purpose and he will Rambo crawl in your room and he will make his own theme music like Kronk and fucking... The Emperor's New Groove and shit. 
He's making his own theme music. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> Number five is M&M's, uh-huh. which for top 10, yeah, they are pretty much middle of the pack. They're nothing more than Hershey's with candy coating people, unless they have flavor in them or peanuts. Number four is Kit Kats, mm. which I have see, an I'm issue a- with. I want to put Kit Kats. Like, see, if you had told me that Kit Kats were nine and Skittles were up higher, I would have mm-hmm. been like, "Oh, that's legit. That makes sense." I feel like I feel like Skittles needs to be higher because Kit Kat is so high. I need. I Kit just Kat- want to point out that 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 nowhere on this list has star has star uh, been named yet. Mm. And I that's thought Starbucks or Starbursts were like synonymous with Halloween. No, they're not. Now with these new meddling kids, it's too I, close to eating I the have fruit. Yet to see a nigga come back from Halloween without those. Not even just the 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 classic pack, but like that tropical pack with like the 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 pineapple and the fruit punch. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, that voice you just heard saying no, they're not. Like out the gate. Like I had a cousin before I do this. I had a cousin who used to fall asleep in the car and wake up in the middle of a conversation and start talking. And it never failed to make me laugh because they always knew what they were talking about. And they were just like, yes. (laughs) Stephanie's here from the Mocha Minutes podcast. Hey, girl. Hey, boo. Hey. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. (laughs) Hey, Stephanie. Hey, boo. What's that be touch? We're talking about the top 10. We got three left for the top 10 Halloween candies. I, I know what needs to be there, but I'm going to keep going. I'm going I'm to I'm go back to sleep and wake up. <laughs> Number four is Kit Kat, like I said, which is uh, high. That's high yeah, for that's, Kit that's Kat. really high, right? <laughs> like, uh, Let's be Ron, real. Did Rod vote on this? Because I. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Kit Kat, like yo, ugh. First of all, that crap. First of all, I just want to point out what's no. We're gonna do that in a second. Number three, which should have been much higher than number three, is Twix. Mm. Mm, I can see it at three. It's good at three. Number two is number two is Snickers. Oh no, no, no! Invert. Mm. I see now. I see now. (laughs) You Twix before now. Snickers. You oh see what God. I'm saying now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And number one, ladies and gentlemen, number the Holy Grail. One is Reese's peanut butter cups. Woo! Random Reese's Woo! trivia. They own the copyright on that orange. Really? Yeah, they oh. are the trademark rather on the orange color. You can't use that same shade of orange that they use. Wow. <laughs> Ain't that something? <laughs> I just want to take time out to say the Kit Kats are here and fucking Milky Ways aren't. They know why they're not here. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey. They Kit know Kat why. Is, Kit Kat is nothing but a Twix without reasoning or leadership. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, I also want to point out the fact that caramellos did not make the list. You know why? You gonna stop that? <laughs> I, I didn't know. I didn't know, motherfuckers. I, well, you know what? Kids don't eat caramellos. Caramellos, yeah. That's that's they a lot get of things it from their auntie in church. You wanted some candy, baby? <laughs> they don't. Hey, but real and, talk. And they, 
Go ahead. Sorry. sorry I was going to say, and, and then also, uh, it seems like certain candies are made for Halloween giving. Mm -hmm. And so there's, I think that's also something with it too, that a lot of candy, some, the can, some of the candy that we like isn't in vogue to be given as can't, you know, as Halloween candy now. I am That's shocked, true. however, that um, fuck, what was the candy I was not? Oh, that caramels weren't in the bottom ten. Hmm. Oh, right. Like the, the 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 ones that they say are like pure milk caramels that are in the plastic wrapping that get just ugh, just stuck in your teeth. Not the not like the Werthers or anything like that. The the hard candies. I'm talking about just the straight up chewy ass in the bag caramels like brocks yes i oh. love those those aren't too bad i mean they're not those nasty peanut butter shits you know but you know <laughs> i love those like the vanilla brock ones because like we had a, there was an old grocery store an older grocery store that had like a whole like little kiosk and it was like the the gumdrop things and the uh, just all the different brocks candy the cinnamon things butterscotch all that shit you could just turn the fuck up yeah Wait, is cowtails on the list? No. Cowtails? That sounds like a, a one of those shows that's made for Christian children, but they don't know that it's a show for Christian children. <laughs> that is, the, that is the, those are long caramels. Speaking of caramel, soft caramel, but it has like the, it, I want to say dry um, cookie cream in the middle. Hmm. So. Oh, God. Oh, Ste Stephanie, you, you like them. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm just saying they weren't on the list. Damn, that was not the response I was looking for. It's like, as soon as I listen, once again, as with the um, the, the a bit of honey, uh, pull up the picture. After, I googled it, pulled up the picture after finding it. Uh, tr childhood trauma returned. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yes, because these are the uh, the caramels with the with the with the white center. Yeah. Ooh. Oh no. <laughs> Okay, so check this out. While we're on the topic of candies, in the state of Alaska, the top candy in the state of Alaska is Twix. Second they place is Blow Pops. Blow Pops, are, blow pops, pops. Are, are the shit, though. Which blow also, pops. I'm shocked we're not on the list. Yeah. Uh, that's Alabama? something else that people don't give away. That's I think that's I mean even though they come like blow pops like they come in a big bag, but I just think that's something that people don't typically they don't give them away. Listen, like that gum gums. Yeah, the the two holy oh. grails for me of Halloween were Reese's cups, you know, above all else, and blow pops. If you if you got either of them, it was like getting that star on Super Mario One. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's bag was full of them little smarties. Everybody had smarties. Yeah. I just want to point out that in Connecticut, which is full of white people, um, so in the state of white people, the second favorite Halloween candy is Almond Joy, Shantae. <laughs> <laughs> and in Arizona, the number one favorite Halloween candy, anybody want to guess? You will literally never guess the favorite candy in Arizona for Halloween. So I'll fucking tell you, after this break. <laughs> Seriously, we don't do breaks. I just wanted people to sit there <laughs> and think about what the candy was in Arizona. It is fucking hot tamales. 
Wow, hot tamales. Hot tamales, but they want to build the wall. <laughs> Man, Yo. I don't think they still made hot tamales. Wow. Hot or fucking tamales. Wow. In uh, Delaware and Florida, the favorites are Skittles. Mm. Uh, in Georgia, in the in the state of Atlanta, <laughs> the okay. favorite candy for Halloween is Jolly Ranchers. Hey. Second place is fucking Swedish fish. This is what? Well, hold on. All right, listen. I've lived in Georgia for the majority <laughs> of my life. I have never, I have never even heard of Swedish. Hold on, it's probably something I, I've They're seen the before. Fish that you find in the stores where you're walking through a mall, and there's that one candy store in the mall. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like fish that really are jelly bean. Like they they have the consistency of jujubes. Is that what it is? See, I always imagine that they are kind of they are kind of on the tougher side. I was gonna say I thought they were like the sour patch texture without the sour coating on it. I always thought they were like more like jujubes, like get stuck in your teeth and shit. Like what were those things? They weren't jujubes, but they were they were like gumdrops. What Mike and Ike's? Were they no? Because Mike and Ike's had the hard color, the hard casing. Oh, there was yeah. something that would just get like they they stopped making it because it fucking sucked. But they oh. used to give them. They used to be a Halloween candy too, um, and they were like gumdrop shaped, and they were. Oh, I, 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 I'm a look. And they're up. not jujubes. They're not jujubes. I don't think they might be jujubes, but jujubes suck too. Juju beef were horrible. I don't care what nobody says. I didn't even know juju beef were a plant. Anyhow, um, in the state of Idaho and Iowa, white people, y'all's number one candy, and I, I, I swear these are the folks who voted for Trump. The number one candy in Iowa and Idaho are is candy corn. <laughs> They're top candy. That explains that explains everything. That's all. That's why. But that's uh, that's the thing. It's like people say, like, oh, we don't fuck with candy corn. Which I'm sure there's lots of people who don't fuck with candy corn. But at the same time, it's a lot of people that fuck with candy corn because that shit is out consistently every year with right. different flavors and shit. Like people fuck with candy corn, and maybe that's what maybe maybe that's what it is like with Trump. Like there's people who pretend that they don't really fuck with him. It's like, oh no, I don't. I, you know, I dislike racism. Oh my god, I'm but they be pull, they, they they'll pull so, that they, they pull that fucking lever though. They they say that they're gonna vote for Twixes, and then they turn around and they vote for candy corn. That's what you're saying. So are they on like the candy corn DL? Is that what's going on? Yeah, kind of. Mm. Uh, they're they're pretty open with it around white people. Around black folks though, they <laughs> fucking <laughs> around black folks, they like Jolly Ranchers too. <laughs> like, nah, man. Nah, bruh. In Kentucky. Just... Oh, go ahead. Kentucky, the number one was Swedish fish. Mm. In Louisiana, this this was a this was a surprise to me. This one took me aback for a second. Not for anything bad, just because I would have never thought of it. In Louisiana, their number one favorite Halloween candy, Lemonheads. Oh, that, I like that. That tracks. It does, but, and they are good, but I would have never thought about it. Ever. 
Yeah, I like lemon heads. I like, you know, they came out with like the chewy kind with like all the different, like, you know, there's chewy cherry and then there's chewy grape and there's chewy lemon. So yeah, I, whatever brand that is that makes those candies, I fuck with it. And if you ask them if you can have one of their lemon heads, they're like, boy, please, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right. In New Jersey, Number one candy is Tootsie Pops. Mm. Not Tootsie Rolls, just Tootsie Pops straight up. They don't give a fuck what you think. Mr. Turtle, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Let's find out. What? No, no. He was like, I don't (laughs) Go ask Mr. Owl. Owl. (laughs) Mr. Owl, how many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Pop? Let's find out. One, two, three. Three. And then the white man came on. How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? The world may never know. You know what's not funny about that shit? never know. Is that... My, when I was a kid, and this is this is this is this is the thing. When I was a kid, I was scared of fucking everything. Oh, um, I don't know why I was scared of everything, but I didn't want to be the last one in the back by myself. Uh, I didn't want to be in the shower with the with the shower curtain closed. I had to look in there first to make sure Freddy Krueger wasn't in there. And the guy saying the world may never know literally creeped me the fuck out. because that nigga was threatening the end of the world and nobody heard it but me. (laughs) Every time I heard it, I was like, why are you saying that? What exactly do you know that we don't? But yeah. Yeah. I was one of those kids. I I was just scared of the Viacom V coming to get me at the end of this program. Because it just keeps sliding towards it. It's like the new one, it just say it's right out by coming toward the old one, which the big ass V is just sliding towards you. And then they cut the black, but it's still sliding. <laughs> <laughs> I was sweating, it was coming to get me. It was that. It was Bill Cosby on the Cosby show when he would twiddle his fingers in front of the face going, Dip! it was that. <laughs> it was that damn Carol Ann from um, Podergeist on that damn phone. Chris Cross, I just want to point out real quick that in the state of Bowley, uh, y'all's favorite candy, Shantae, in the state of Bowley is double bubble bubble gum. That is golly, that what a trash choice! That's terrible. Like, see, that's one of those, see, that's one of those candies. That you get in your bag and like the first time you get it, you know, like you first time you going out to trick or treat and everything, you get it in your bag, it's bubble gum, cool. And you chew that shit. That shit is not bubble yum. That shit is not bubblicious. So when you get it the next year, it is just devastation. That is some terrible bubble gum. That shit, you chew it for two seconds. That shit is done. Two seconds. It takes two seconds for it to get like into the consistency of bubble gum. The worst is when you wait too long to eat it, and when you take the wrapper off, the wrapper take all the powdered sugar off the outside of the, the gum, so it already tastes like an eraser when you put it in your mouth. If you get some, um, or that uh, was it, um, double bubble? What's it called again? Double bubble. 
Yeah, I thought I had her. Uh, if you get one of those, you can guarantee it was actually manufactured in like 1979 or something like that. Because like exactly. they, they pe- people hold on to them and they just dole them out like there's no expiration date. You get some sort of vintage candy that came out when bell bottoms were still in style or something like that. You know, my grandfather made this candy, <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie, in the state of uh, Baltimore. Y'all's favorite candy is Reese's Cups. Look at y'all. Look, look. I might need to move to Maryland. Look at do that. It, do it. Do it. <laughs> no, no, you might need to move to Baltimore. California's favorite is Skittles. And let's see. For the last list, we have in South Carolina, their favorite flavor or their favorite candy is racism. Oh. Um, <laughs> South Dakota, they like Starburst. Uh, in Washington, this tracks in in the state of Seattle. Mm. Their favorite candy is saltwater taffy. That's interesting. That yeah. tracks. <laughs> that tracks. Yeah. Because anywhere you go in the state, somebody's making saltwater taffy. Oh. They make that shit like meth. Don't make it out of their house. Wow. You literally will see folks making it out of their house in their garage they got a salt water taffy machine and the question is why and nobody ever knows the answer also salt water ew doesn't go on your oatmeal just want to point that out real quick (laughs) and in west virginia again blow pops i know i skipped through a lot of states if y'all feel badly about it try and find the place i was just talking about and, and and find out for yourself motherfucker (laughs) um let me see so marissa alexander who uh got 20 years uh for standing her ground didn't get a hug uh let's see who else didn't get a hug when they got sent to jail for shit they didn't do saying all this because amber geiger got 10 years in prison and um Baltham Jean's uh, brother gave her a hug, which emotions, you know, and the forgiveness, that's that's up to him. I respect him for being able to say as a young kid, he's only 18, I respect him for being able to say, I forgive you to be able to find that depth of forgiveness in him at such a young age, that's deep to me. But then the judge gave mm-hmm. her a hug. And then the the bailiff was like stroking her hair and playing with Mm -hmm. her hair and shit. Got a problem with that. Didn't nobody hug me at the child support case. Oh my God. Didn't nobody rub my back. And I just also, before I even ask y'all's opinion on this, fuck y'all to everybody who started posting up pictures of R. Kelly talking about we're forgiving people now. No. <laughs> oh my no, God. we're not. Gross. Works. And and y'all just keep trying. Like like y'all say it's a joke, but yet and still, y'all are really just trying to keep R. Kelly, the protection of R. Kelly, at the forefront of your minds, and you have been seen. Shante, thoughts on uh that murderer getting hugs and high fives and 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 hair braids on her way out the court. <laughs> You know, I think if 
these people want to feel however they want to feel as far like the end of like the brother even the judge like fine like i can't make you feel any kind of way i think the problem comes when people try to use those individual instances of forgiveness for a white person who's done something really terrible to a black person and try to apply that to everybody try to expect that we all should be as forgiving you know or 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 having a lot of emotion about these moments and really having zero emotions for the wrongdoing you know like they just don't they have nothing for whenever somebody black is hurt but let somebody black get hurt and then forgive somebody for it oh that's the best thing in the world oh my god it's not as bad as it really you know it's not as bad as people say it is and look we can forgive and oh come on and then you know blah, blah, blah. and it's just like nah that's some bullshit like this the problem is the media using these instances to push forgiveness on people who may not be ready to forgive and it's okay that they're not ready to forgive. Mm -hmm. You know, it's okay. It's okay that these people are angry. That's what the problem is. It's like you get people, you know, black people, black and brown people, people of color have a right to be upset at the way that they've been treated, continue to be treated in this country. But other people act like that anger isn't justified and they look for instances to try to temper that anger, to try to say that that anger, you know, to downplay that anger, to say, oh, it's not so bad, instead of acknowledging that this is an instance where it's okay that these people forgave and we need to make sure that the shit that they're having to forgive doesn't happen anymore. Stephanie? Okay, so two things. The first thing is, I will say that that judge that hugged Amber Geiger, I literally kept calling her Amanda, she hugged um, Allison Jean too. So she hugged both of them. Um, also, when it comes to that boy hugging that murderer, I think sometimes we forget that this happened two years ago. This didn't just happen this year. This didn't happen three months ago. Both of them, Jane, got killed two years ago. Mm-hmm. That is a long time ago. So that is two years that this family has been grieving. And they got to hear the words that a lot of Black people who get killed by cops don't get to hear. That you are guilty and you are going to jail. And if they feel that they can't, they don't want to carry that around anymore... I can't say I blame them because it's like they could hate her forever. Forgiving somebody doesn't mean that you stop hating them. It doesn't mean that you're still angry. It doesn't mean that you're not holding them accountable. It just means I am moving on because the forgiveness isn't for them. It's for you because they have to move on sadly without the person that they care about in their family. He's not here. Her being in jail for five years, 10 years, two months, is not going to bring that boy back. And that is the hard, hard truth. And so to watch so many people use that against Black people and for so many Black people to fall into that trap is just mind-boggling to me. Because just how there are people saying this is a form of white supremacy for y'all to use that image is a form of white supremacy acting like forgiveness is a white thing. And it's not. 
It's okay to forgive somebody. It's okay. We're not absolved, but it's also okay to say you don't forgive somebody. And if that is what this family needs to do to move on, so be it. Because I paid attention to what his mother said. Yes. She did not say anything about, I forgive her. She's like, this 10 years is for her reflection. But Dallas, y'all need to get y'all shit together. I paid attention to what she said. Because I don't know what I would do if that was my child. I don't know if I would be ready to hug somebody, but see, I wouldn't, I don't know. I feel like them, I think the father and the brother probably got cussed out on their way back to St. Lucia, but that's just my thought. (laughs) I just, my, my emotions for this is all over the place because I see the optics of it. I see the whole black people aren't a monolith, but then we want a monolithic response. It can't. Is it Uchi Wally? Is it one mic? Which one is it? Is black Ether. people not a monolith? <laughs> <laughs> black people not a monolith, or that we have to react how black, like how you think a black person should react. This is a black response. Not forgiving is a black response. It's like I, I don't know what y'all. I don't. I'm sorry. This was two years ago. I don't know what you wanted them to do. This was two whole years ago. Two years of them grieving and them reconciling that he really isn't here. But them getting the kind of justice, because I remember where I was when I heard Trayvon Martin's verdict. And I remember sitting on my living room table crying because he never got justice. And everybody is seeing what kind of monster George Zimmerman really is. So all the people out there who don't get to hear the guilty verdicts or not even not even that they're they're murderers of their family members don't even see the inside of a fucking court. They don't even see that shit. It's like I don't I don't know what you wanted them to do. They don't represent everybody, nor should they. But him hugging them don't represent us either. Cause I'm sorry, I think my mother would have punched her right in her face. But also, after like a couple of years, I don't know. I just don't. It's just, it's just terrible all around. Cause she could have gotten 99 years, and I'm like, uh, I would still want her dead. I'm sorry. I'm like, no, I don't want her spending another year on this earth that she took my child from me. No, I don't want her. Like, I'm sorry. Because quite frankly, she's going to have to be in general population. She's going to be spending years by herself, 23 hours in a cell, because they're going to have to sequester her ass from general population. I'd go nuts in three weeks if that was me. Brandon? I, I oh, sorry. No, I'm, I'm finished. I'm sorry. I'm going to emotional. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, this story has been a lot. In addition to the hug, uh, the judge also gave um, Amber Geiger her personal copy of the Holy Bible. Which, I mean, she could put somebody could put some money in her books and order her a new copy of the Bible. Why are you giving this woman who murdered this man who was convicted of such and in court of law your personal copy of the good word? Like, that's a level of Christianity that I don't think any 
I don't know how to respond to that, to be honest. So I don't I don't want to insult anybody's religion or anything like that. It's just that that was a whole lot for me. That that as far as the brother hugging her, knowing that he's eighteen makes it make a look like because he's I think he there's still hope, I guess, somewhere in his being that she could, you know, go to jail, become a better person and everything like that. You know, and that's how he needs to, you know, to honor his older brother having been murdered by this woman. That is his right. But, like, given, like, her history of, like, the text messages and how she tried to cover up the murder and everything like that, and that, you know, the same, you know, crazy alt-right racist assholes are, you know, trying to raise money for her and everything like that. There's a strong possibility that she becomes like a female George Zimmerman figure mm-hmm. where they hold her up as an example of like, I don't know, white, pushing back against white genocide or whatever the, the hell else nonsense they try to put on. And I would be interested to see where this progresses, where she ends up. Does she come out of jail and immediately join like the ACLU or like the or start working for the NAACP or anything like that? Or does she disappear or does she end up on Fox News or whatever crazier version they've invented by the time she gets out and go on from there? Does she go to another state that doesn't really mind hiring a police officer with a criminal record because those do exist? I mean, what happens? I think my biggest problem with the whole thing is, and I know that they're factoring the fact that it was like snap judgment and everything in her sentence, but I personally don't think 10 years is enough. Like, you know, you could have hit her with 20, to be honest. If you're going to get, try to finally get somebody. Cause like, you know, it was like a roller coaster this whole week. It was like, oh, they're going to be able to use the, uh, the castle doctrine. What? Oh, she was found guilty. <gasps> and then it's like, oh, she got 10 years. You know. I mean, 10 years is better than zero. It's not like Felicity Hoffman where she's going to jail for a fortnight and getting out. But just, you know, things like this, like she ran up into that man's house and murdered him while he was having his ice cream. Like things like that, the Tamir Rice thing, the Sandra Bland thing, the Trayvon Martin thing. Like I used to live... I guess five or six miles away from where Trayvon Martin's father lived. I know that neighborhood. I know it very well. I've walked past that entrance to that part, to that condo apartment slash apartment complex more than once. All just like like nothing's wrong and everything. It's a weird feeling just to feel like your life could be in danger from it, at any time from people, not just because they want to steal something from you or anything like that or just whoever, but something inside of them actively hates you just for being who you are. And they feel like if you do the slightest thing or even some, a slight thing that you don't even know is a, is a slight thing, they feel justified in taking your life just that quickly, that you don't matter more than a hill of beans to people. That's just a terrifying feeling all around. Um, and I don't know if she will ever understand 
that she played right into that whole thing. I don't know if the people who like everybody's fave, Chris Evans, who shared that picture of the brother hug and it's like, oh, it's such a great moment and everything like that. I don't know if they understand what they were doing, like Stephanie said, you know. But I think people, the world would be at least a somewhat better place if more people understood those things and tried at least put some effort towards conscious, consciously trying not to fall into those traps, if that's at all possible. That, that's all I have right now. I, I just really, really quick want to say I have never seen somebody murder someone and only get 10 years. And I, I, I think that's the thing that sticks to me the most. The fact that we were literally celebrating the fact that she got 10 years where that wouldn't even been a factor in any other case. Because as somebody else put it, <clears throat> if he had mistakenly walked into her apartment while she was eating ice cream and killed her, would he have gotten 10 years? He wouldn't have made it to the trial. They would have murdered him. Exactly. That's the thing that keeps hitting me in the face is that it is just these differences are stark and they are right in your face. There's no disguising them. There's no candy coating it, anything like that. We all have seen it happen over and over again. We say we see it play out over and over again. Even the black cop in Minnesota that accidentally killed the white woman. The one that no cop stood up for and I think he got life. It's just stark. Stephanie, I couldn't have said it better. Everybody heals their own way. And everybody, my mom probably would have forgiven too because she's that type of person. Especially after like two years. Nisha would have probably fought her. And there's that wide difference between everybody. You know, everybody makes their own decision. Because like you said, we are not a monolith. Uh, <clears throat> so, with that said, teachers are broke nowadays. In fact, teachers are so broke that they are turning to SeekingArrangement.com, which is a place where they can find sugar daddies. Oh. Uh, a teacher named Nola. Darling. She served on weekend nights at Red Lobster, which is the third job she took in addition to tutoring to supplement her teaching salary. But now, thanks to the sugar daddy website, SeekingArrangement.com, she's the one getting served. Quote, I can go on a date, I can have steak and lobster, be gone for three hours after my kids are already asleep, and come home with 500 bucks, she tells Lifestyle or Yahoo Lifestyle. I know that 
there's supposed to be a joke in here somewhere, but really I'm just fucking mad that teachers still don't get paid what they're worth. I'm still mad the teachers have to crowdfund in order to get money to buy supplies for your kids. I'm still mad that a teacher can teach for 46, 47 years and not make half the money that folks in the NBA make. Or even a quarter of it. I'm still mad the teachers have to set aside a part of their own salary so then they can get paid out in the summer. Otherwise, they don't get paid in the summer and they suffer. And I'm still furious about the fact that damn near every year you hear about another state, another city, another county that's going on strike because they're still not getting what teachers deserve in an overcrowded school system where parents are increasingly believing their kids, which is cool. I want everybody to be an advocate for your kids. But if your kid is going into the class throwing shit at the teacher, don't go on there telling the teacher that they're wrong. It's sad that these uh, teachers have to take these steps. It's sad that teachers have to get a secondary job. It's sad that anybody has to get a secondary job. Unless you really want to work, you shouldn't have to work a second job. But I, I feel worse for teachers because I know that they're hella tired. And I know they're doing everything they can to make our kids the best kids they can be. And they're not getting jack shit for it. And Shante, I know you've had thoughts on it before. I remember you sharing posts about the uh, strikes going on uh, in Oklahoma. Do you have any thoughts? Well, I mean, I think it's, it. well, like you said, it sucks that they got to get a second job. At the same time, I don't have any problem with these women or whoever uh, feeling like this is something that they want to do. It's, you know, as far as, you know, it's just as far, like, you know, like, I think there's some people who would probably like be all moralizing about it. Like, oh my God, it's a teacher, you know, oh my God, this is, you know, they would call it prostitution mm-hmm. in some type of way, which I mean, basically, but still, I, you know, sex work is work, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of whatever these women, regardless of whatever the arrangement is, it may just be, you know, she hanging out. It may be that she's doing more than hanging out, regardless of whatever she's doing. It's fine to me you know there's no like she's not doing anything immoral as far as i'm concerned Mm -hmm. and i'm not shaming them at all you know get your money i'm just mad they got to get this money in the first place right teaching should be i swear to god teaching should be a hundred thousand dollar a year job for all the school you got to go through to be a teacher and keep going to right Mm -hmm. You should not be, they shouldn't get paid the same thing that I get paid. Because they're doing something that's so much more important than I do. I fuck with numbers. I fuck with numbers. That's it. I learned that from a teacher. (sighs) Stephanie, any thoughts? Brandon, any thoughts? Um, couple so my mother was a teacher my first cousin is a teacher my uncle was a teacher like there's a lot of teachers in my family so I've you know seen at all levels and everything like that and you know my teaching is hard work it's time consuming it's not a nine to five it's more like a seven to 
nine if that's reason like seven a.m to nine p.m job because you gotta come home and grade papers and write lesson plans and everything mm-hmm. and so if you consider that they're getting paid even less you know they're veering dangerously towards min- minimum wage when you start factoring in the extra actual hours a teacher has to work i mean a lot of it is due to like bad local governments you know like mm-hmm. you know like no matter the political party always they want to cut money out of educational budgets somehow you know that's where the you know cuts often happen that's how you get overcrowding and everything. also the strange way of how a lot of these um, local municipalities fund schools based upon you know the local zip code they don't take the money from the entire city and spread it around evenly it's like if you stay in a poor area you only get so much in property taxes and that's what is used to pay for the educational program. And if you stay in the quote unquote rich area, you get a better school because you have more property taxes, mm-hmm. which is asinine to be quite honest. Like it's just, that should be spread around a lot more. I don't know if that sounds socialist or not, but that's, that's just what I think it should be. Uh, as far as like them going online for sugar daddies and everything, if, I mean, do what you got to do sometimes. I mean, bills, the light bill, is not going to be like, Oh, you're a teacher, you know, here, you know, we'll give you a discount. That doesn't happen. Doesn't what? happen. You can't pay your bill. Don't even worry about it. We got you. We'll pay it. It doesn't <laughs> ever get set. You remind me of Miss Crabtree. You know, I just gotta <laughs> so nice that that don't happen. Um, I mean, do what you guys like second jobs. I mean, to be honest, if you're like a teacher in regular public school, a second job, if you're working a second job, you probably gonna you can wear yourself out by the time you're 35, 40. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be dead to the world because it's like you're already working 10 hours, 10, 11 hours during the weekdays, and then you're going to work, what, weekends as well? But people do it. A lot of people do do that. Yeah. Also, I, w- I wanted to say that I, I agree with, with Brandon, especially talking about the, the uh, how fucked up it is that uh, school funding comes from property taxes, because one of the things that I thought of, even though I'm not a... Uh, I'm not a lawyer, but I I have no idea if this would hold water in a court case, but it feels like the idea that we apply funding based on property taxes seems inherently racist when you think about where black people or where poor people have been relegated to live and where, you know, white people have been relegated to live and how, if this is what is supposed to be for public schools, how it's funded, then because it's racist, it needs to be changed. Like, I feel like it seems to be something like, you know, the Supreme Court needs to be, get into it and be, well, I mean, a better Supreme Court. Yeah, but yeah that's what I say, not, not this one. Not, not this, one. this Supreme Court. But I feel like this is something that you could bring to, uh, this is something that someone could sue about. Yes. Because, because there's historical record about who could live where, where they could live, who said what was worth this and who said what was worth that and how that has affected the way schools have been funded from however to, you know, to, to whatever that I feel like something like that could, it could change, I guess. Yep. And that's the other thing that I forgot about. You look at white flight. Yeah. A lot of these major cities, the 
public school system is overwhelmingly black and Hispanic because the white people have moved into the suburbs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They might still work in the city, but they're living, I mean, you know, to use Atlanta as an example, they don't live in Atlanta. Well, they're, they're moving back now because they're trying to take over you know, gentrified. That's another story. Uh, but they've moved to Sandy Springs and to Alpharetta and to Lawrenceville and everything. And they're out there. And those schools have like, you know, what a teacher might have, you know, two kids in the damn class for all I know out there. You know, it's nothing like, you know, the overcrowding in like the regular Atlanta public school system. And a lot of the, and that's, you know, definitely an effect of racism, you know, an effect of the whole thing of, you know, integrating schools in the 19... For those who don't know, I don't know, like, if those of you out there, if you're under the age of about 30, perhaps, like if you're in your 20s, or even some people who are older who don't know the history, school segregation did not stop with Brown v. Board. It was not a thing where niggas magically just started going to the same school as the white people. Because I mean, after that was Ruby Bridges and um, uh, and Little Rock and all of that, and those stories after that. In the South, where I am and where I, uh, where is their balance located? I know Stephanie, you're in Maryland, that's the South, for this conversation. Cali. Where are you? Right. And I am Oklahoma. in the beautiful state of California. Okay, so for y'all it was a little bit different, but in the South, uh, schools did not desegregate until like the late 60s, early 70s. And there are certain municipalities, especially in the deep South, where the federal government, this is, mind you, this is the Nixon federal government, which shows you just how dire the situation was, had to show up with tanks and shit and force the schools to be desegregated because they refused to comply with, you know, not just Brown v. Board, but also the Civil Rights Act and everything like that. Like, it was not a thing that just magically happened. It was not a thing that did not have consequences. The whole thing of busing, you know, kids to different schools to try to balance out the racial boundaries. You see, they don't do that anymore. They stopped it when everybody moved out. You know, a lot of that has to do with why schooling is getting so poor in the United States. Because, like, even if you are a white person who lives in a city, oftentimes they're sending their children to private school. They are getting that extra job themselves or whatever to try to pay for private schooling for their children because they know that, you know, they don't want to put them into public school. So, yeah. It's, it's all that, all, it's all connected. Future. Oh, dear God. Nevadius? Future's alleged baby mama. Alleged. Future's alleged baby mama said he's not paying for child support nor taking care of his child. In fact, he told her to start a GoFundMe. I believe it. I mean... The, I mean, this dude, if if he's not anything, he is consistent when it comes to how he treats uh, the women who he has had relationships with or just had sex with and the children that come from those relationships. He is consistent. Like he is not, he is, you know, he is not the doting father, the doting rap father. That like some other dudes. It's just this is this is not what it is. 
So they've done a second round of trial runs for the like male birth control. It's apparently quite safe and effective. Uh, they might want to send like you know like a free sample case to Future House. Just just an idea, just a thought. He wouldn't take it. He can already see in the future. <laughs> <laughs> or bad. I mean, you know what? I just don't think that this is you know like like Future. Like he's a handsome dude. I just don't think he's handsome enough to be baby mama number nine, ten, eleven kind of thing. I think you gotta you gotta leave that nigga alone. You gotta use that nigga to get to the next nigga or something because this isn't this isn't it. Like you can't let him put a baby in you. That's what mm-hmm. Sierra did. And look what she <laughs> get. in Seattle. Like you got like maybe if he fly you out, you hang out with him, but you gotta make sure you gotta push up on the next cat. Like you out in LA, you gotta find you a do a new LA dude. Don't don't you don't know, Y'all remember that story about that girl on on Twitter where she said she was like stuck in a house because some rapper flew her out. I really think she's talking about future. Yo, that's a terrible story. Like that was a terrible something future would do. That was a terrible and scary story. Very. Like she, ba- she basically was like starving. Yeah. Like she, all she had was water. And she was afraid to, out. and couldn't. And then the, got what is it? She, uh, yeah, she could have like she could yeah she could have passed out. She could have got caught up with some people because some people ended up in the house, but she didn't know who they were. So she was trying to stay away, you know, mm-hmm. stay away from them. And yeah, like all kinds of bad stuff could have happened to her. And it probably could, and it and it definitely could have been future. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, as, as as crooked as he is, I feel like he don't have swamp dick, so I don't know. Oh, that was the other thing too. Yeah, that was gross. Maybe it's not future. Yeah, that's gross. I know, but that's the thing. I don't know. I've never smelt the nigga, so I don't know. Ugh, swamp dick. Tamara Mowry Housley oh, said that waiting until 29 to lose her virginity leveled up her sex life as a wife. Okay, so I didn't read exactly what she said. What did she, like, how did she feel like it leveled her up? Like, what? Okay, hold on one second. <laughs> <clears throat> I really wish she was. She said that she did this because she pledged to go celibate because she due to her heavily religious background. Mm-hmm. Um, she said that, as you all know, I've waited a really long time to have sex, but the thing is, is that I knew what I liked and what I wanted because I can remember reading a magazine. Oh, Jesus. See? Actually, it was oh, Essence. My God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and, and it was about, you know, sex education, pleasing yourself and knowing what pleases you and what you like. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Along with leveling up her sex knowledge, Tamara says she also took the time to get her understanding about orgasms all the way together. Okay. You learn about the G-spot, obviously. Learn Mm -hmm. how to find it. Mm -hmm. Then you learn that you can have an orgasm two ways. One outside and then penetration. Mm -hmm. Tamara knew that before she could ask a man to give her what she wanted, she had to know exactly what that was, thus setting on her own unique journey of sexual exploration. Okay. So Erica, even though Erica I wasn't Campbell having sex, I knew what I liked, so I was in touch with myself. So, you okay. know, once I got married with Adam and all that, I knew what I wanted. So basically, she was celibate, but she was masturbating. 
that's okay. Everything. But that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. They, See, I think that I think that the title of this article was misleading, and sure. a lot of folks saw the title and just ran with it, myself included. There's nothing wrong with masturbating if you're celibate. They're not one and the same. Like you masturbating doesn't break your celibacy. Actually, it helps to maintain the celibacy. And uh, and I'm sick of people thinking that you masturbating is a sin. I'm glad that she's heavily religious and yet she's still able to do that sort of thing if that's what she did because churches need to stop saying that you can't have sex but at the same time you shouldn't be masturbating either. Erica Campbell. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. So I have a question. Yes, sir. Where is Tia and all this nonsense? Probably uh, married she and having there sex. eating her food. She's <laughs> the whole tail up. She's like, oh no, mm-mm, y'all ain't dragging me. Nope. I love you, sis, but I will not be out on that ledge with you. Absolutely not. Yeah. Living her well, best life. Yeah, like, you know, hearing hearing what she actually said and everything, it's just like, oh yeah, okay, that's cool. Because she, I mean, she's clearly acknowledging that the time that she had to take gave her the space to figure out what she needed, what she liked. Because the because the other thing is is that sometimes you start fucking at sixteen and you don't figure out what the fuck you like until you're 30 because you mm-hmm. just don't have the 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 you like you you got the mechanics like you know where everything goes mm-hmm. but you don't really know what to do and how to make somebody feel good and what makes you feel good so i get it yep and a lot of folks one thing that i i recognized from watching euphoria was the fact that a lot of folks don't want to speak up in regards to their own pleasure when they're younger because they don't want to be looked at as troublesome. They don't want to be looked at as outside of the circle. They don't want to get, feel like they're disrespecting somebody or risk getting disrespected back. So they just take whatever somebody's willing to give them and they don't find that pleasure until they get older and they find their own voice. And sometimes that could fuck your whole sex life up Hello? for like many years Uh-oh. while you Uh-oh. deal with whatever hangups or issues your partners put you through when you were a teenager, when you were in college, when you were whatever, and you were just you were just starting off. So if she knows what makes her comfortable, I'm I'm happy with that. She said that uh her and her husband, when they first married, she said the lingerie and sex could sometimes be intimidating. But nine years later, she's able to let all her kinks hang out, and they've actually done at least one sex tape together. So I think, honestly, when it's all said and done, she's living her best life when it comes to sex. Ain't her husband a white Republican man? Her husband is. I don't know. Maybe he's saying good dick. I don't know. (laughs) As far as she's concerned. (laughs) That Trumper dick seems to be undefeated. Living by what I call the golden... Hmm? I was going to say, but didn't he... Isn't he the one... Isn't she the sister whose husband got mad at her for asking mayonnaise, yes, that's mayonnaise her. On a sale. That's her. That's <laughs> her. That's that one. Because so Tia, Tia married to the black man. Yep. Right. Yeah. Mara said she's intentional about what she wants, and her husband is always intentional about giving it to her. Quote, you know, when Adam and I got together, I was like, no, babe. Oh, right here, right here. And he liked that. That honesty, you guys. We've been married for almost nine years. He always pleads with me first. I'm always first. Okay, man. I, you know what? If that's true, then fuck the mayonnaise. 
Good, good for them. <laughs> and don't don't ask that man for any mayonnaise on his sandwich, I guess, or whatever. <laughs> you know, just only only hit hit him with that gray poupon or whatever. <laughs> but ugh. I don't I don't know. I, I I wish she. You know what? Sometimes I wish that some of these celebrities didn't have to or didn't feel compelled to be so personal in these kinds of situations. Because on the one hand, it's you know it's fine you telling me you know, you figured out stuff for yourself, but then at the same time, it's just like, well, you don't have to tell me, you know, that he pleases you first kind of thing. That's y'all, you know, that's your business, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, cause, cause then it's all, cause there's always that chance that, especially with celebrities that people say things because it sounds good. And then later on you find out that it wasn't as sweet as they were making it when this article came out four five, six, whatever years ago. And it's just like, oh, it sucks. You know, you felt like you had to lie to somebody to make it look good. By like Jesse Williams and his wife. Yo. <laughs> Ooh, the table is shaking. <laughs> that, that nigga, that nigga is bull. That nigga, he really bull. He rolled that like woke, woke, super woke, believe in black women kind of wave, and then. When it when the rubber met the road, it was just like I don't want to pay no money. Yep. I don't want to take care of these kids. I'm about to go give me a new life, and it was just oh man, he had she, she had to get the course involved. Just, she he's about to tell her go get a GoFundMe. Well, get a GoFundMe then. Mm. It's because it's because he got those light eyes. Well, stay stay away from them niggas with the light eyes. Don't Pretty get caught light, up, nigga. <laughs> no, nah, it's not really light eyes, but they, you know, you don't get caught up. Watch yourself. Um, <laughs> light eyes are a thing, and they do trap people all the time. A Russian man has filed a lawsuit against Apple for moral harm. Claiming that an iPhone app turned him gay. Was it the Grinder app? <laughs> the Moscow Times reports that a man identified in court papers as D. Rosmulov said he became quite he became quote mired in same-sex relationships this summer after receiving 69 gay coins on a cryptocurrency payment app he downloaded onto his phone in 2017. Was he selling his pussy? What is going on here? What are gay? How do you get gay coins? Gay coins. And how do you spend them? The unknown sender. <laughs> At the gay report- store. What? The unknown sender reportedly included an English language message that Rasmulov interpreted as, quote, don't judge without trying. So he didn't even know English. He just guessed that's what it said. I thought, indeed, how can I judge something without trying it? And decided to try same-sex relationships. Just one look. What? That's all it took. took. Just one one look. look. (laughs) And I knew I I Somebody just send you some gay, some quote unquote gay coin, <laughs> and you offer up your pussy. Is that how this works? I can say after the passage of two, after the passage of two months, that I'm mired in an intimacy with a member of my own sex, and I can't get out. His complaint continues. This don't sound like a complaint. I wish I knew how to quit you. <laughs> I have a steady boyfriend. Mountain hella 
is going on? I have a steady boyfriend, and I don't know how to explain it to my parents. After receiving the aforementioned message, my life has changed for the worse and will never be normal again, he continued. Rasmulov accused Apple of manipulatively moving me towards homosexuality. <laughs> I have a boyfriend. What you mean? <laughs> Which caused him moral suffering and harm to mental health. His lawyer says the case is serious, telling the news that her client was scared and that he suffered. His lawyer said that Apple has a responsibility for their program despite the alleged exchange taking part on a third-party app. <laughs> That's not their program! What the he- Does his boyfriend have swamp dick? Is that the reason we're here? No, his th- boyfriend no, I, has I, a Samsung phone. So... <laughs> I think the problem is the boyfriend has the exact opposite of swamp dick. That, that oh, dick must know, be I legendary. Ooh, it's heavy. Heavy, heavy. You got so heavy on me. <laughs> Heavy, 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 heavy. He got that heavy hung low. And he he said, he said there. He said there. I'll, I'll file the lawsuit. I can't do it. Yes, I got to get out of here. I got to. It's too bad. It's like, baby, what you doing? Oh, oh, oh. Nothing, I'm coming back. Like, why can't you quit it? It's too big. It's too wide. It's too strong. It won't fit. That nigga, that nigga was talking to his lawyer in the dark like the Blair Witch Project. I'm so scared. <laughs> With that tear coming down. FaceTiming the shit out of his lawyer. Eyes wide as saucers. With, with his boyfriend's dick coming in left the frame and <laughs> Oh my god. Mm, that big heavy dick coming at his face. I, like, swear to God, I swear to God, when the message was translated, it really just said, here's some bucks for, for like Chipotle or something. <laughs> I would get one free and he just translated it to live your best gay life it was like okay <laughs> like, this has to be the most elaborate um, story anybody has ever made up to try to explain to their homophobic society and or parents about why they're gay this, this is, is the like, best episode of how I met your mother ever <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, you see, there's these things called gay bucks. <laughs> gay bucks, Lord. Gay bucks. Mercy. And they gave him exactly 69 gay bucks. Exactly. Shanta? Did Patrick and Paul Rock write this damn story? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love Patrick and Paul. That's not a diss, but he does like to write stories about. Um, "Quote unquote straight men being turned out." Oh, golly, Shante, thoughts? I don't know. It's like, <laughs> I'm just confused. I mean, I'm confused. It's just like, how do you end up like who's making gay cryptocurrency? Like who's like you know cryptocurrency? Like gay coins? Whoever's doing it, it worked apparently. And then it's also, but then also, it's kind of, it's kind of sad that this person you know, has been in a relationship with, you know, 
somebody, you know, with someone of the same sex and feel so bad about it that they uh, have to. Yeah, that, that, that unfortunately they, happens. That they have to do this. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, 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 it's heartbreaking that not only is he so ashamed of his truth that he has to tell this story and then ramp it up to the point where he's like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to sue Apple for approximately $15,000. I mean, mind you, Apple could sneeze that amount of money. But they're not going to because it was a third-party app. Like, seriously, you don't think these things... My mom, my mom used to stop me mid lie and say, "You don't think these out, do you?" I'm just go ahead and continue. Go ahead. <laughs> and when she said something like that, I knew I fucked up. At the point where she was stopped, there were certain moments where I knew that it was best for me to. You got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. And the best folding moment was when she would call one of her siblings into the room to hear me explain why I did what I did. <laughs> Stop, 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 Rashani. Tracy, come in here. Go ahead. Keep going. I should have stopped right there, but I kept going, and I talked myself into a hole and a whooping. I, I, I talked myself into a whole whooping. Um, <laughs> and that's the same thing that he's doing. He's talking himself into a hole, and his lawyer, God bless her, his lawyer had to stop and say, this story is legitimate, people. This happened. Gay coins, gay bucks, 69 of them, with a message that he couldn't really read but interpreted it to mean live your best life, and he did, and now we're suing for it. <laughs> and the left. David Fincher presents. The last story I wish was a joke, but it's really not. Men are going monk. Mm, good. These men hate women so much that they sworn off sex and refuse to speak to them. So they're incels. Thank you, God. Meet the Won't men going it. their own way. Oh, oh no, not these niggas. Oh Jesus. Oh no, 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 that no, 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 no. Mm-mm. No, no, they could stay right on over there with their limp ass sticks and dry ass personalities. No, stay the fuck over there and leave us alone. At this juncture, at least 60,000 men are opting out of relationships with women, even giving up, quote, dangerous and addictive sex and going monk to avoid contact with them. Them three pump chumps, shut up. (laughs) There are tens of thousands of them from all over the world lurking in the loneliest corners of the internet. Mm -hmm. Sex is off the cards, relationships are banned, Marriage is the ultimate no-no, and if you reach the top of the MGTOW hierarchy, MGTOW, by the way, MGTOW stands for men going their own way. If you reach the top level of the MGTOW hierarchy, you're expected to quit your job and move off grid so you don't have to look at women. That's sad. Ask these men why, and they'll tell you it's because women can't be trusted. They're manipulative. They'll suck the joy out of your life and rent you for every penny you have in the process. That's sad. And I think this one is fucking Diesel from WWE. Wait. (laughs) I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. (laughs) 
So once upon a time, I stumbled into like one of those YouTube rabbit holes mm-hmm. and came across just a whole series of these videos, men going their own way, men going their own way. And just, it was like, it was like staring into the abyss. Like they're all trying to get up and move to Brazil, apparently, and just, you know, get as far away from, from women as possible. And just women in Brazil. I, I hate to inform you all of this, but yes, the women are everywhere. Uh, it's just, it's, it's bizarre. I'm sorry. It, it is. <laughs> the five levels of MGTOW. Level zero. Embrace the idea that gender equality is a lie and propaganda. <laughs> level, oh level one. Reject all long-term relationships except for the relationships you'll build with the folks from MGTOW. Level two. We're getting into a cult. Right? It gets worse. Level two, reject all short-term relationships and stop having sex. Who's the president of this organization? Spanky McFarland. (laughs) Level three. woman haters club. (laughs) (laughs) Only interact with wider society where you have to. And level four, disengage completely from society. Yeah, this is this well, this is like this is this a is, cult. This is Waco, yeah. This is definitely like the idea that you're only supposed to interact with the people who are in the, you know, in the group. You're supposed to like give up everything and just focus on the group, like all of that. Like that's that's some cult shit. And that's really unfortunate because I do think that we like collectively as a society we put a lot of emphasis on being in a relationship you know and all that kind of stuff and so then people internalize the fact that they're not in a relationship they get upset and we treat people because they're not in a relationship that something's wrong with them and i do think that shit needs to change we need to accept that some people are single and they're perfectly fine with being single there's some people who are childless and they're fine with being childless but there's people who aren't and they want to do something else like they don't want maybe they don't want to wait for a husband or maybe they you know just like there's all kinds of different ways to live your life as an adult when it comes to relationships or not having relationships where people act like there's only one way to do it but these dudes are tripping Mm -hmm. on reddit there's a board for this of course of course Um, fucking reddit virginity is a common topic on the board and many say they have proudly, <laughs> proudly chosen to never have sex. They've <laughs> proudly chosen. I, I just want to stop and say that if any of them ever got a chance to be intimate, they would drop out of this group so quickly. Like mm-hmm. they would literally be like, you know what? So, but describing their devotion to celibacy as going monk. Right, so I have a question. Why, oh, okay. What's up? Um, Relating to the previous story mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. how many of these men are, you know, not necessarily just trying to avoid relationships with women because women are terrible and evil and girls are the bunk and all like that, but you know, they're just fucking gay. Maybe they're gay and just, you know, they're hiding behind it or something. I this, think that these guys honestly just think that this is the move. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's always a chance that somebody could be, but you know, because people do all kinds of different things. But it's more like it's it. It's probably better to assume that they're all heterosexual 
than to project like homosexuality on them because then mm-hmm. it turns into like homosexuality like all oh, y'all niggas is lying and y'all liars and this and that and blah blah you know it protects mm-hmm. a, it projects negativity on on people that you know okay on, I homosexual, got you. on homosexuality my bad uh a deep fear of false rape accusations is one of the driving forces behind this oh my god while other men are wary of women using sex as a way to get to their wallets. Hi. Bro, see, but that's what? the thing. They, pro- they probably, I mean, unfortunately, they are probably broke. Very much. <laughs> <laughs> you you know, are broke, sir. We don't Which want your like they are, dollars an hour. Leave us alone. Like, like, I'm sorry, but you're probably broke. Which so, is why they don't mind giving up their jobs. <laughs> like, nope. Like, the burgers nah. will still be flipped. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know. That's, it's, boy. But see, that's the other thing, too. It's like we're so, you know, we condition men, you know, to want to, you know, we condition men that they're supposed to have relationships. And so much of their, you know, being a man is what they can do with their dick. So then if they can't do anything with their dick, then they're just basically nothing. So now these dudes are trying to counteract the fact that maybe they feel like nothing because they haven't been able to interact with with women in that kind of way. But the problem is, is that we need to change how we socialize our social, how we socialize, how we are, mm-hmm. so, how we are socialized, and that men it shouldn't just be, you know, about your dick. It shouldn't just be about your dick and how much money you have. And that's really, and that's really what it comes down to. Like, as far as like, like if you got some money or, and, or you slinging some dick, it's like you hit, it's like you hit the lotto. Like you the best dude on the planet. And it really shouldn't be that way. It just, it really shouldn't. But it's like, you know, somebody creates that idea and then motherfuckers buy into that idea and then people tell them, hey, this really isn't a good idea. This is making you be like less of a person. And then they go and say, fuck you. I want to get, you know, I'm trying to sling dick. I want money, you know, kind of thing or whatever. And it's just, it's all fucked up. There's a lot more about this, but I'm kind of tired of talking about it. They're stupid. They're stupid and their dicks don't work and they probably don't wash their balls and they're so mad that somebody won't just suck their un- unwashed balls and how dare these women not just look at them and say, oh, look, you have a penis and I should just want you. Sir, you are dry as hell. You're a three-pump chump. You are broke. You flip the burgers instead of making the tacos, which would make you more money, but you're so fucking stupid that you don't know that you could make the tacos instead of the burgers. Oh, and you stink, and you're a three-pump chump. Stephanie, go ahead and do your shout-outs. Shout-out to people who are not three-pump chumps. Thanks. Knows how to give the multiple O's. Um, so yeah. shout out to uh, both of you for allowing me to be here. I appreciate it. Shout out to the Say Something Nice Podcast Network. Um, I got to talk to C-Dub because, well, I just like talking to her. Um, and shout out to Say Something Nice. Shout out to Marsha's Plate for their two-year anniversary. Shout out to the shout out on their show. I appreciate it. I am definitely always down to support and I am always down to listen to their show. Um, shout out to all the ladies at the 
Work It Podcast Festival in LA this weekend. I know there are a lot of good um, networking and collabs that are on to be happening and have happened. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the fruit, the fruits of that labor is um, going to produce. Uh, shout out to PJ from um, Highly Melanated. So uh, yeah, I got to get him on the show and just uh, shout out to people who know how to forgive and not think that forgiveness is a white thing. Black people have to be unforgiving because of slavery and white supremacy and oppression and Jim Crow and um, systematic racism. Forgiveness is not just for white people. And forgiveness is not just for people you like or deem worthy. Forgiveness is for everyone. And let people grieve how they want to grieve. And with that, I yield. Brandon? All right, so shout out to y'all for letting me come on as a guest. And shout out to Stephanie for everything that she does um, for us. We really appreciate it. Uh, shout out to my co-host. Shout out to Ali and Kendrick and Latria and Coffee Light Sweet. I really appreciate them. Shout out to everybody who wakes up in the morning, still manages to find a way to smile as terrible as the world is, is and has gotten. Um, shout out to the lawyers, assistants, and house pages who are currently right now making everyone's dreams come true. <laughs> they subpoenaed the White House today <laughs> to get them documents. Drop y'all cash apps. <laughs> and just shout out to everybody who's actually dedicated to helping to try to make this world a better place because it really does need it in so many facets, so many ways, and so many venues. Shante. Uh, first, thank you to Brandon and Stephanie being on the show. Uh, shout out to the people who have bought shirts or stickers or, you know, whatever supporting, you know, single simulcast. Really appreciate it. And just shout out to everybody who continues to, you know, listen to the show, you know, let, letting us know or not letting us know, you know, we know, that you fucking with us because we still know we can look at the numbers and see that somebody's listening, you know, somebody's liking, somebody's commenting. So you're appreciated. Mm -hmm. I had something to say. Between that sigh and, and, and me saying I have something to say, I lost it. So that means it wasn't that important. But I do want to point out right now, <clears throat> stop blaming mental health issues for everything. And yet stop blaming mental health issues for everything. The way that I mean that is that if you have somebody who shoots up a school, you can't blame mental health. You should not be blaming mental health for that. If you are a motherfucking asshole, you cannot blame mental health for that. Stop blaming mental health for everything. We can't use it as a coverall on either side. And both sides are guilty of using it to fit their own needs <laughs> and to coat their own stories 
or to back up their own clients. And it's not fair to people who are just in the middle suffering quietly. The folks who are literally out there just trying to live the life that they can live when they have sunshine in front of them, they are not wanting to hear about how it's their fault that these things are happening or they don't want to deal with you because you might lash out at them like this person who did it. Yeah, everybody lashes out. But just because you have mental health issues, that does not obstruct you from the words, I'm sorry. It doesn't block you from recognizing what you did and taking steps to resolve it. And if it does block you from that, then I apologize for saying that it doesn't block you from it. I hope that at some point you do get an opportunity to have the clarity to be like, you know what, I fucked up in this aspect. I did this and I apologize for this. I, I, I just really hope that everybody knows that with this impeachment, Mike Pence is coming. I'm not saying that, like, don't impeach this motherfucker. It's going to happen. He needs to go. But all of them, like, because the next step after Mike is Nancy Pelosi, I believe. Mm-hmm. They're not going to let that happen. They will shut this whole country down. America right will go out of business. Right. They're not going to let that happen. So Mike Pence Trump gonna... didn't throw him under the bus, then probably that would be right. Oh, he's trying his hardest, too. He's trying his goddamn hardest. Like, hey, why don't, y'all, why don't y'all check and see what Mike said on that telephone call? That nigga was on the other line with, with the phone held down. <laughs> that is hilarious. Like, baby, uh, he's the vice president. If you're saying that he's doing something wrong, they can get rid of his ass, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can't sue both of us because, you know, we're married. Oh, no, we're not. We're just... But <laughs> I just... I don't know exactly what we are looking for as an end goal besides getting Trump out of office. Some people told me that it's not likely he'll get out, but at least you have the embarrassment of the trial to hopefully affect the election. But Watergate, if I recall properly, started before the 1972 election was over. Yep. And Nixon still won. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, because white folks don't care. But that's why. But that's why the. Uh, I would think that the Democrats. It's not that. Well, they need to use it to energize their base to be like, mm. "Look, we out here doing what we supposed to do." Now, granted, I think the shit is kind of too late. I don't know if that shit is really going to pop the way they want it to pop, but it's like if the Democrats can use it and and if you can appeal to people in a way, like if the people who are running against whoever's uh, up for different seats and stuff and say, well, look, you care about, you know, you're a moral person. You say you're a moral person. Are you really a moral person? Or are you going to let this shit ride and you're going to vote for this person who's clearly a liar, who sees lies in front of their face and say that the shit ain't a lie. But I don't even know if that shit's going to work either. I mean, that shit might work with maybe somebody who's not like a diehard uh, Trump supporter, mm-hmm. which I feel mm-hmm. like that's who they want anyway. I think that's who they're, who they're going for, but I think it would be better to try to, to energize your base to energize the people and say like, look, we out here, 
we're fighting for you. We don't want these motherfuckers to be in here because they're a problem. But even that, uh, I think sometimes I think it's 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 too little, too late. Especially especially with Nancy Pelosi for so long being like, no, we're not going to impeach. We're not going to impeach. We're not going to impeach. And then it basically was like she couldn't not say that they're not going to impeach. It was just basically like, oh, we're not going to impeach. And then it's just like, well, I guess we're going to go ahead and we're go- we're gonna we're gonna see. You know, she had to she had to come back and backtrack. We gonna we gonna we gonna try this out right here real quick. We gonna we gonna do that. <sighs> this single simulcast episode three fifty. Um, again, thank y'all so much for checking us out. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, sharing the show, things of that nature. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Y'all be good. We're out. Peace. This is single simulcast. Don't know my name, and you slipped.